Good evening, good evening everyone out there You are tuned in to Radio K-Poop at 7 to 9 a.m. And you're with us, the 180 Degrees team I'm here with the beautiful Zoe George Oh my goodness, we are also joined with Amarain Base, you guys Good evening everybody Now today is a very special day because it is Women's Day today. So we just want to say Happy Women's Day to all the beautiful, fearless women out there. Strong women, independent women, each and every one of you. We want to wish you a very happy Women's Day. And hope that you enjoyed your public holiday. Yes. Now we have a very fun and exciting show packed up for you guys today. We're going to be talking to a very incredible woman. If I do say so myself, she's done a lot of really cool things. She's spoken to a lot of really cool people. And I cannot wait for you guys to hear what is going to be said in this interview. So make sure you are still tuned in by about 20 past, which is when the interview should start. Cape Town. Cape Town. Cape Town. Cape Town. What's down in Cape Town? Cape Town! And now it is time for What's Down in Cape Town, or as this week goes, What's Down in Your Kitchen. So this week's recipe comes from my beautiful sister, Luanae. You guys might remember when she used to be a presenter on this show. It's her recipe for overnight oats. Overnight oats are great because you don't have to cook it at all. You just kind of mix everything together in a jar or in a bowl. You put it in the fridge, and the next morning it is ready for you to eat. It is a go-to for me as a university student, and I suggest it to all the ladies out there who are a bit rushed in the mornings. (laughs) So you start out with half a cup of oats, half a cup of milk, one and a half tablespoons of cocoa powder, four tablespoons of yogurt, any yogurt you like, um, one teaspoon chia seeds, one teaspoon flax seeds, sugar to taste, and a pinch of salt. You mix it all together and you leave it overnight, but there are fun variations you can do on this recipe. Luana's husband, Bruce, prefers putting in banana, uh, vanilla yogurt, and some strawberries. You can change it however you like, make it more fruity, make it more chocolatey. The chocolate one is my personal favorite. I was just going to say, I see myself adding chocolate. Chocolate, chocolate pieces, chocolate, everything. My my go-to yogurt for my chocolatey one that I do is the vanilla yogurt with chocolate chips in. (sighs) Sounds amazing. Chocolate is the source of all happiness, as we believe here on 180 Degrees. (laughs) So I cannot blame you for that one. It sounds delicious. And there you go. That's this week's What Down in Cape Town. Yes, I'm so excited to try that, especially since there's no... You know, fear of burning it. <laughs> that is that is one of the highest key parts of that. <laughs> Cooking level zero. You must only be able to use measuring cups. <laughs> That's fun. I hope you guys try that. One eighty degrees on I am youth movement. So now we've come to our interview section of the show, the part that we here at one eighty degrees we love the most because we love interacting with you guys and you know just engaging in conversations with you guys. So tonight we'll be talking to Lauren Jacobs, a highly accomplished and decorated woman. She's a writer, a presenter here at Radio K Pulpit. She presents on Voice of Change and she is a minister and has even presented at a TED Talk. She's here to share some of her experiences and has words of advice relevant to anyone who can listen. Good evening, Lauren. Hi, ladies. It's so good to be with you tonight. So thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, it's great having you. Great having you, Lauren. So, Lauren, can you tell us a little bit about your background? Okay, but about my background. So I mm, I grew up in basically in Cape and, uh, in, well, in Tableview. And I really, really loved growing up close to the beach and just had that whole experience growing up and then, 
went to university and studied psychology and English. Um, I always wanted to be a journalist. That was like a big thing for me. Yeah. So I, I did. I did my degree in psychology because I was always my interest as well. But uh, you know, after university, I decided to study further and really got involved in psychology like a lot. Became a trauma counselor and a trauma therapist, and that was really so rewarding for me because I worked with uh, domestic violence survivors and victims who were victims of domestic violence at the time and were trying to get out of those abusive relationships. So that was very, very rewarding. And then, yeah, I just started getting asked like a lot to write about domestic violence. And that was back like in 2011. You know, it was like 10 years ago, which was a time where we weren't actually talking a lot about domestic violence. It wasn't like it is today. You know, today we talk a lot about you know, woman abuse and how to help people and the stats and we have all this information going on but, you know, 10 years ago it wasn't like that at all. It was very much like a silent pandemic that we had and so I wrote a lot about that and just really got into the journalism side and then also the psychology side you know, bringing them both together and, you know, I just uh, travelled like a lot to write about issues affecting women and that was also very, very eye-opening but rewarding as well. So I suppose that's slightly a bit of my background. So, Lauren, as Inga mentioned before, you are a presenter here on 79AM. You present on Voice of Change. So I would like to ask you how you got into presenting. Oh, you know, Zoe, that's that's actually quite an interesting question. I never thought of presenting. Um, I never never thought of myself as being a radio presenter. But what happened was, uh, it was like about... I think 2016 when my book, first book released, you know, I started getting asked to do like a lot of radio interviews about the book. Mm. And from then I just, I totally fell in love with being behind that microphone. It was a weird experience because like being interviewed is very different from presenting. So I just really enjoyed just being in that moment and in that space. And I think it was in January 2019 where I kind of just realized this was something I wanted to do. And at the same time, I was offered a position to present at Radio K Pulpit. And so that was actually my journey. So I can't say that it was something that I kind of thought about or wanted. It kind of happened so naturally for me. And initially, I was quite intimidated by it because I'm not, I I thought to myself, well, I'm not qualified. (laughs) I'm qualified to do a lot of other things. But on paper, I didn't feel like I was qualified, you know. But um, actually, you can learn a lot. You must never be afraid of challenges because you don't feel like you're qualified. You can learn so much. And the people really, like at Radio K Pulpit, like our fellow colleagues and presenters, are just so awesome. They just, like, you know, poured a lot of mentorship into me and really, really helped me. So I totally love presenting today. I, I think it's just the most incredible thing. And, again, to connect with people and to share their journeys and their stories on your show. It's mm. so powerful. Yeah. Um, so, Lauren, as a future minister myself, I'd really like to hear what led you to ministry. That's pretty cool that you're going to be a future minister. Mm. <laughs> High five. Um, <laughs> that is super cool. Um, well, you know what? Uh, this is probably, I'm probably going to get all fired up and as passionate as I can be in this present moment, but I actually ministry was something that I, when I met 
my husband, he was already in ministry full time. I call pulpit ministry because there's different kinds of ministries, right? But yeah. pulpit ministry is where you're behind the pulpit, you're busy preaching, teaching, and doing doing all of that. And I never saw myself in that position. Um, I didn't actually want to be in that role. Um, I really loved being a psychologist. I loved being a therapist. And that was what I wanted to do with my life. But God obviously had a different plan. And um, and he challenged me on that. And I really had to surrender. And I went to, obviously, seminary and then started honors in uh, theology and then did my master's in divinity and then just went further and further. And it's been very rewarding. I didn't see myself in any kind of teaching or preaching ministry. But God wanted me there. And so he's kind of led me to do that in today. Obviously, my husband and I, we run a global teaching ministry as well as very great commission focus. So I'm always preaching and teaching like consistently. And I've just realized that that was a huge part of what I was called to do. And I'm going to add in this, that my interest in theology, I see myself very much as a theologian. My interest in theology is very, very deep and it comes down to also finding women's stories in the Bible and teaching them, preaching them, and putting them back into their accurate space. And women, you know, a woman in ministry is still seen as a very controversial topic. Women being ordained still is controversial. Um, it's still something that many, many denominations are fighting for. And women still want to be represented and just live out the calling that God is calling them to. And so that's an area where I'm very involved in at different universities and at different teaching places, you know, to continue to open up the field for women to firstly translate the Bible, become theologians, become ordained, be the leaders they're called to be. And so that's very much my heart and focus as well. And so, yeah, that I love just being in this kind of ministry. It's so, so powerful. So you mentioned a couple of the different things that you'd studied. Is it a very rude question of me to ask how many years did you study in total? <laughs> no. It's not a recession. I uh, I did ten years um, of university education. <laughs> did you and Did you enjoy university? Because it seems like you must have. <laughs> I absolutely do. Uh, I actually uh, started university again this year just for fun. Um, <laughs> wow! Absolute goals. <laughs> because I was just like, well, you know, I was offered a position based on my work that I've done. I was offered um, a place in the honors uh, degree for ancient Near Eastern studies and they offered me a position although I don't have a degree in that so um, yeah I just I joined I joined I was like well I'd love to learn <laughs> so I'll join you know so yeah I love I love it it's so rewarding like it's so cool just mm. if you can fall in love with just learning it's like you'll never be able to be fooled and it's so cool and then what I learn, I like to kind of share with others as well. You know, that's big for me. It's yes. not just learning for yourself, you know. It's like, okay, if I'm learning interesting things, I'm going to bring it into my theology work. I'm going to teach it to others mm. so that they can be empowered, you know, with that knowledge as well. So what we see is that knowledge that I'm gaining is actually not for myself. It is actually really for others as well. Mm. And that's actually so beautiful, like especially... If, like how you said, you know, you don't learn just for yourself and to keep to yourself and to grow yourself, but also to empower those out there with knowledge and those who maybe don't have the resources, maybe to just, you know, give them something that they can, you know, learn from. And there's a point that you mentioned that was 
that was a really good point where you said, you know, ministry is not just speaking from the pulpit. Ministry is not just, you know, being up there. And do you maybe have any advice for anyone listening who may not understand the call that God has on their life? Mm, I think that's such a beautiful point that you that you were raising there as well, because I, I meet a lot of people who always say like, oh, they want to give up um, their work, you know, their business work or their whatever to go into full-time ministry. Mm. And we've always got to ask ourselves, you know, is that the call of God on your life for you to go into that, you know, full-time, any kind of ministry? You know, I know I have friends that are artists, and that's their ministry, or musicians, and that's their ministry, or like I say, pulpit ministry. Or you could have any other. You could serve God anywhere. And I think that, you know, I, I really always just want to encourage anybody who's listening to know that, you need to know if God is really calling you to something, you know, and make 100% sure if he's calling you to that thing. Because sometimes, I, and I know, and I've mentored people who have been really hurt by, you know, they've left their jobs, they've left the places where they were really thriving. Yeah. And they thought that they they needed to go into some kind of like church ministry. Mm-hmm. And they end up getting so unhappy and depressed and, hurt because in, in fact they didn't really hear very clearly that that was where they needed to be so i think that all i can say is really hear clearly where god wants you to be mm. and if he does then say to you get into this or go to bible college or seminary or whatever he's saying then follow him and just do it because then you'll be super super fulfilled but make sure that you know exactly what he's calling you to but then once you know that he's called you to that thing acting obedience and just go and do it. So Lauren, I'd like to ask you a question that I've been meaning to ask you since I found out about this, but can you tell us more about your time doing the TED Talk? That's very interesting to me. Mm -hmm. That was amazing, actually. Um, I'm trying to think back. Well, it feels like a very long time ago. I really don't even think that it was. I think it was like (laughs) two years ago. But so much has happened. You know what? Um... I work, like doing a TED Talk is a big thing. And I, I I just, I didn't really know much about TED Talks, to be honest with you. This was back in like 2000, when was this? Like 2019 or something. I just remember one day in prayer, it was January 2019. God said to me, I want you to do a TED Talk. Um, I have something that I want you to say. I have something I want you to share. Now, again, if we think about this, that's kind of a form of ministry, right? Even though it's on a secular stage, when God says to you, there's something that I want you to say, you know, that is him calling you to something. That is a specific task and assignment. So obviously, um, I was like, oh, okay. So I went and found out, like, could I even do a TED Talk? Like, what does this look like? You know, I didn't know nothing really about TED. And uh, I found out that <laughs> TED Cape Town was, it was crazy. I really didn't know that much, honestly. Um, and, and I found out at that stage that TEDx Cape Town, which is the largest TED talk that takes place in Africa, uh, right here in our city, um, they were, they had an open call and they were saying, you know what, if you want to, if you have an idea, you know, fill in this form and whatever. And, and there's literally, I'm not kidding, this was literally that year, I think, over 1,500 applicants wow. that applied. And they only choose eight people. Eight people so it's crazy and then what happens is you go through all these different rounds you know like you go and you pitch your talk 
and then if they think it's good enough, then you go through to the next round. And then, then it gets, it gets, just gets minimal, like as you go along until they've got the eight people that they want. Um, so it is quite an intense thing, but it's super exciting, you know. So, um, yeah, so that was that. And then you do all these workshops every second week you're at a workshop. You get like a speaker coach and uh, that person coaches you. You learn the TED Talk way. And it was just a real blessed experience for me. I, I did struggle a lot with anxiety through it mm. because they want you to do it their way. We forget that Ted is a brand, yeah. so you represent their brand. Um, so, you know, you've got to learn a lot. You've got to do a lot of how they want you to be. But it was so, so beautiful. And um, obviously, I spoke about women's history. I spoke about why women's stories are not being told and why that needs to change. Um, and that was really a message that God gave me. And um, I really loved sharing it. And the opportunities that opened up to me after I did that TED Talk are so incredible, all the things that have happened. Um, and it was just a really cool experience. But I would say you have to have a lot of bravery and courage, and you've got to be a pretty fearless to be able to do it. Because once you get on that stage in front of all those people, like I saw like my friends that were doing TED, like they would just freeze, you know, and forget all their lines. And you don't have <laughs> any words. You're not allowed any notes. You're not allowed any cards. You're not allowed anything you. No notes, you and your nothing. <laughs> Is there at nothing. least a teleprompter or something? <laughs> <laughs> nothing. Absolutely nothing. Oh, could you, not. <laughs> you've got to really memorize your speech like super well. Mm. Um, you've got to know everything. So it is, and the the room is dark, you know, because they they put all the lights off. So interesting. So it's like you have to know what you're talking about in mm. order for you to well get to even up there. make it yeah. into the top eight to be able to do it. That's <sighs> absolutely amazing. Um, yeah. Lauren, I had another question. So when you were talking about how you got into presenting, you spoke about doing interviews for your book. So I'd like it if you could tell us a bit more about the books you wrote and you know what really got you into writing because that's also a really fun and unique skill. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, writing is just. I started writing, obviously, very. <laughs> I was I started writing when I was five years old, which obviously mm-hmm. means that I wasn't writing anything good. Or <laughs> I was just, just, I wasn't like a like an Einstein or anything. It was just silly little me, you know. There's no such was, thing as bad writing. <laughs> no, none. Uh, amen. Thank you for that. <laughs> um, I guess I always wanted to write, and the thing about it is that in school, like. When we, when we are good at writing in school, they just tell us like that, yeah, you should go and be a journalist. You know, no one ever says to you, you could be an author or you could write books yeah. or, and, and I, I guess it's because people think you can't make money like that or you mm-hmm. can't make a career out of it, but that's also not true. So no one ever encouraged me to write books, but I really knew I wanted to be a journalist. And then, um, obviously writing and going into journalism from 2011, I was like very much like in the whole vein of journalism until I got very sick. Um, I think it was 2013 or 14, like seven years ago, I was really sick. And then during that time, the way that God helped me heal, um, I spent a lot of time inside, uh, was, was to start writing. And I wrote my first book during that time. And um, it was called, or it is called, Yehudith, Chosen by God. Mm-hmm. And it's basically a historical fiction book based on one of the 
women of the Bible, they were actually originally her story was in the the scripture canon, um, and the book was called Judas. You can find it in the Catholic Bible or in some of the other Bibles. <coughs> Sorry, some of the other Bibles. And um, yeah, but you don't find it in the Protestant can- canon, which is what a lot of us use. Yeah, I think so it's anyway, been moved out to, to the Apocrypha now. That's right, yeah. So it was basically Judas' story in a basically a book format. Um, but her name was originally Yehudah. And so it's Yehudah Chosen My God. And that's how I started. I wrote her story and then two years later I released uh, Shalem Zion, Queen of Israel. She was actually a real queen of Israel uh, just before Jesus came. You know, I think she was around about 60 BC. And so she was just before Jesus came on the scene. And, and she became queen of Israel and reigned over a period called the Golden Age. And she was a real person. And again, I just had to bring her story to light as well to show the power that female leadership could have, mm. the goodness that female leadership can have on the earth. And then my third one that I released was um, in October last year called Bold Bible Girls. So it's like an illustrated children's book for girls on lesser-known women in, in the Bible and their mm. stories. And um, yeah, and then you heard it re-released this year in the second edition, and now I've just completed something else. So yeah, so it was just basically that love of history and then that love of storytelling and then also wanting to teach women of faith about the woman of faith that existed before us. You know, we need to know these stories. We need to hear these stories. And so that was basically, yeah, what I loved doing. That's how I got into writing, like, books. Started with Yehudah and then just, yeah, just continued. So I have three books to go buy now at home. (laughs) I have a beautiful little niece and I'm sure she would love that as well thank you very much for sharing about those books i'm so excited Mm. to go and read them that's so cool thank you yeah it's yeah it's so important i think as well like when i thought of bible Bible girls i was thinking what kind of heroines and role models are we teaching our daughters our god daughters our nieces Mm. and just little girls to have you know they need to have these strong role models but i think that they can have those strong role models even from the bible you know, mm-hmm. women did amazing things in the Bible. We just don't hear their stories enough. Yes. So I think that that's the kind of stories we need to tell. I know that's right, Lauren. Now, I just like to say you're one of the coolest women I have ever met in my life. You've done so many <laughs> fun, cool things. Like, I don't know another, I don't know another synonym. So I'd like to ask you if you have a story, an interesting story that came up in your life that happened when you were perhaps, I don't know, like writing this book or someone was like, oh, is this really necessary? Someone challenging you, a story you'd like to share. We would love to hear it here in 180 Degrees. Mm. Well, uh, you know what? I'm going to touch on something that, you know, with you ladies, you asked me earlier on, like, about ministry. You know, yes. what was the journey to going to ministry? And I want to just share this interesting story. And... um it happened so one that I was busy typing and busy writing on my computer like quite a few years ago. And I was sitting behind my computer and I was busy writing and I just felt so alive, you know, because I'm like, wow, this is my passion, but it's also my calling. I know God's calling me to be a writer, so I'm really excited. And I'm busy working on my computer. And I prayed a silent prayer while I was sitting there and I said to God, you know what? If this is the only thing that I do for the rest of my life, I'm going to be super happy. So God, I pray that you will never put me in front of a crowd to speak to a large crowd. 
because I have fear of public speaking. <laughs> also, secondly, I pray that you will just have me sit here in front of my computer and then I can write all these books and never have to actually be in front of anybody because I had a huge fear of public speaking. Like I, I really, really feared it. It was my pet fear. And um, I'm not kidding. About 30 minutes later, um, I got an email. <laughs> and uh, I opened up this email and I had a friend who was like a Facebook friend. She wasn't even a real friend in real life. And she lived in America. We had never met. We were just Facebook friends. And I never told her about my journey. She was, There was no way she could have heard my silent prayer that I prayed in my heart. And she sent me this email, and I'll never forget it. And she said this. She said, my sister, I was just praying for you right now because you were laid on my heart. And I need to tell you the following. That God says, you are not called to sit just in front of your computer. But if you don't stand up to speak in front of people to where I'm calling you to speak, then your place in the body is going to be missing and we will have to cover your place in the body. Can you live with that? Mm. And God has never answered me like that ever again. Okay. (laughs) He wanted to make sure you understood (laughs) no subtlety at all. Hmm. Yeah, I think so. I think, I think seriously, it was like literally he needed me to know, like seriously, not because I'm super cool or because he speaks me like that. Often like, like I wish he would, you know, but I guess because I had such a deep rooted fear of standing in front of people, he needed me to know that he was calling me to that because if I knew he was calling me to that, I also believed I could overcome my fear. Yeah. And I did. And um, I'm really grateful that God did that. And the thing about that is that I've learned as well is that sometimes the thing that we're most afraid of in our lives, the great fears that we hold, are sometimes the places where God really wants to use us. Yeah. You know, I when I prayed about my fear of public speaking, God showed me I had that fear because I was badly treated by a teacher in school whenever mm-hmm. I did my oral, you know, my English oral. Mm-hmm. Um, I was badly treated by a particular teacher um, in grade nine. And so because she broke me down so much, I developed a fear of speaking in public. And so it was interesting to see that because I realized that That was where God wanted me to be. I mean, imagine having a huge fear of public speaking and having to do a TED talk. (laughs) You can't put the two of them together. There's just no way. So it was like, I just really always encourage everybody and really want to encourage the listeners as well to know that it's, it's nothing is impossible if God is calling you to do something. Even if you have a fear in that area, God can work that fear out in you. You know, Mm. you don't have to be perfect. You just have to show up. You just have to show up to God and say, you know what? I am fearful and I am scared and I don't know if this is going to work out because I can't see it working out, but I'm here. I'm showing up and I want to be obedient and just use me. If this is where you want me to be, then then just do it. And then, you know what? God just, he will just do the rest. You know, you just got to show up and just say, God, I'm here and I'm, I'm willing to do this. And I think that I always remember that email that that friend of mine sent me because it was just such a radical moment. Uh, you don't have those moments of, of, of them. And, um, yeah, I'll, I'll never forget that. And I'm really glad that someone was praying for me. So that's another encouragement. Let's keep praying for our friends. Mm-hmm. Let's keep praying for the people we care about so that they will step into their destiny as well. 
because her words really encouraged me. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us, Lauren. You know, I was actually going to ask, is there any advice you have for young women? But you just hit it like you, you hit just the nail went. On the head. Yes, there we go. <laughs> you just nailed it, basically. <laughs> Thank you so much for chatting to us tonight. Wow, I sure, I feel inspired. I, I feel am, like I can do anything. <laughs> I am incredibly inspired as well. Thank you so much, ladies. And you know what? It is true. You, you three are inspiring to me. So thank you. And thank you for having me on the show this evening. It's been such a blessing. And yeah, may God bless you guys. You too. Thank you so much. Bye. Have a wonderful evening. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye. Now it is time for the Bible quiz. This week's question is, what is the book that comes after Ephesians? Is it A, Colossians, B, John, or C, Philippians? SMS the answer to 37988 or WhatsApp it to 081-729-1657. Thank you, Zoe, for coming in clutch. And I really like this week's um, Bible quiz because you gave them options. I like that. In case someone was mm. out there like, hmm. I've been trying to do the options thing. One of one of the wrong options is an option my uh, friend who studies theology gave me. And I'm just like, girl, at least you were in the right testament, but this is not the right answer. <laughs> Imagine someone being like, no, Genesis. <laughs> no. No. But it's funny. If you guys have any idea what it is, please, please, please WhatsApp us at 180 degrees on I Am Youth Movement. Follow us on Facebook today. I Am Radio. Health tips. How to be happy in your health. It's not just about being healthy, it's about being happy. Should be quite interesting. Chocolates are the true source of happiness. So this week's happy health tip is staying healthy during quarantine. And even though we're not in a, you know, a full on level five quarantine, we are still, you know, at home, locking down, keeping ourselves, you know, busy. And this is five tips for staying healthy during quarantine. Number one, focus on whole foods such as fruits, vegetables, whole grains, lean proteins, beans, nuts and Legumes. Legumes. There we go. Thank you. Thank you. I was just testing you guys. (laughs) They are all healthy choices. A healthy diet is an immune system booster. So that's the bonus. Number two, think before you drink or eat. Pause for 15 minutes to think about what you are really craving and whether you're using food for to comfort, to comfort yourself or whether you are actually hungry. Now that is something I have a problem with. Mm. If I'm bored, I eat. Same. Who just understands, honestly? Like, so true. <laughs> so true. I have to indulge. Number three, snack wisely. Keep your refrigerator and pantry stocked with wholesome, nutritious foods instead of processed snacks that are high in sugar, sodium, or fat. Yeah. That's a really good tip because, like, when, when that, like, chocolate craving hits you mm. at night and nothing else can help, just having, like, a nice, healthy protein bar or something. Much better option. Hmm. Is it... Isn't the better option? No, it's better for your health, yeah. but it doesn't. Oh. It's like that's where the line is drawn. It's like health, <laughs> but enjoyment hmm, depends. Number four, 
Don't starve yourself. If you let yourself get very hungry, you tend to make poor choices. That's also very important advice before you go grocery shopping. (laughs) So true. And the final one, number five, find a fitness routine that works for you. Walking, jogging, swimming, biking, they can all be done while respecting social distancing protocols. And the Internet is also filled with free or low-cost cardio and bodyweight workout videos that can be done from the comfort of your own home. So true. Um, about last year, during the middle of the pandemic lockdowns, my friend actually recommended mm. a really cool online Pilates instructor on YouTube called Blogilates. And I actually really started doing that. She's yeah. really good. When I would stretch every day, I genuinely felt like I had my life together. So that's a really nice and cool tip, Inga. It's it's such a cool tip. But for me, it's the discipline. I can't. <laughs> if no, I'm at home and no one is pushing me, yeah, I'll be like, okay. That's the one that's issue with free classes. Yes. Yes. There's no consequence to your bank account if you <laughs> skip out. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. So true. I mean, like, I literally haven't, <laughs> I have not been able to go back to that. I don't even know what it's about, but it's unfortunate. But yeah, that's all we have for the happy health tip this week. All right, so we're going to start this section off with the answer to the Bible quiz. So the question was, what is the book that comes after Ephesians? And the answer is C, Philippians. Oh, I knew it. I I just want to say the book that my friend guessed was John. And I'm just like, girl, (laughs) that's like the beginning of the beginning of the New Testament. I can't even blame her. There are like four books called John. So like they're about to be somewhere. I understand her logic there. And we're at the end of the show, guys. Mm. Can you believe it? On this beautiful Women's Day with this beautiful hour that we've just had with that amazing interview. I don't believe we're at the end. Yeah, me neither. Time really flew by. Mm. Like, I feel like I just blinked and the show was already over. It's it's insane how unreal time can be. Hopefully everyone had a really good good Women's Day and hopefully we made it a little bit better. I hope you guys stayed and, like, you know, took something in of the show and, you know, just had fun with us. And don't forget to tune in next week as well. Next week, Monday, on 7 to 9 a.m., from 7 to 8 p.m. Yeah, and this has been 180 Degrees. Signing out. Tweet us at I Am Y Movement.